Hello there. Welcome to the Will Preach for Food podcast. You may know already, but my name is Doug. I'm the pastor of Faith Lutheran Church based out of Shelton, Washington. We're a congregation of the ELCA. Faith is a beloved, inclusive community striving to grow closer to and more like Jesus for the sake of the world. You can learn more about our mission and about our congregation at our website, www.faithshelton.org. I want to thank you for making this podcast part of your day. Can you believe it? There's only 12 days until Christmas. Yay! With all this COVID stuff going on, there, a lot of Christmas traditions have had to change. But one thing seems to not have changed this year, and that is the endless supply of year-end appeals by charities, churches, and political organizations showing up in our mailboxes by the metric ton. So Christmas is the season of giving, but how do we manage it all? How do we make decisions about who to give to and how much? Today, we're going to look at the Bible and see what it has to say to us about this question. We're going to learn from the Magi, from Jesus, and from the early church. I hope this podcast helps you to navigate these difficult choices with a little less guilt and a little more joy. So we're going to start in Matthew chapter 2, beginning at the first verse. You want to get your Bibles out and pull out that story? But first, let's pray. Oh God, with everything going on, it's hard to keep focused on the true gift of Christmas, the salvation that you have given us through your Son, Jesus Christ. Open our hearts and our ears to receive your word today. And then grant us faith to trust and obey it. Amen. So most of you have probably heard some version of this story of the visit of the wise men. Here is the original in Matthew chapter 2, beginning at the first verse. It says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose, and we have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, For this is what the prophet has written, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means among the least of the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen went, uh, went and the star that they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So Joseph got up took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt, 
where they stayed until the death of Herod. Here ends the reading. That's the story of the Magi, the wise men from the East, the three kings of Orient are. Lots of legends around these characters, but for today I really just want to focus on their giving of gifts. After a long journey together, they find Joseph, Mary, and a child. They are convinced that they are in the presence of the King of Kings, and they bow down, they worship God, they take an offering. And these offerings are placed at the feet of Jesus, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now, we usually end the the telling of this story with the Magi returning home, avoiding King Herod on the way. But it's the very next verse that notes that after they leave, an angel appears to Joseph and tells him that he needs to get his wife and his kid, and they need to hightail it out of town, flee to Egypt, lay low until things cool down. Can imagine Joseph is anxious about this. I mean, after all, how can a migrant day worker traveling to a new country with a wife and a kid, how could he afford the journey? And he looks under the tree and, and sees this bag of gold, cakes of precious incense, and a vial of expensive perfume. God provides. I wonder, too, if the wise men had not come, if they had not given their gifts. How would Joseph have afforded the trip to Egypt? But then that's really how it works. I mean, how many of us have received that gift just at the right time to pay the bill or fix the car? I think there is a supernatural algorithm of giving. God gives the gift of salvation. Gifts are given as an act of worship and expression of gratitude. And those gifts further God's purposes and bless those in need. It's pretty cool. So decades after the Magi visit, Jesus then would teach his disciples that every act of service, every gift given, every act of charity and kindness toward a neighbor in need is a Magi gift laid at the feet of the King of Kings. Whenever you do this to the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you do it to me, Jesus says. I think he learned that lesson from the three wise men. Generous giving honors God and blesses the world. It also teaches us how to let go, to fully rely on God, to become closer to and more like Jesus. Listen to this advice given to the early church. This is in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. I think what this passage is saying is that the way that you give shapes the kind of person you are. Giving is at least as much about you as it is about others. You can sow sparingly or generously. And the choices that you make shape the you you are becoming. The smaller you think, the smaller you become. On the other side, if you sow generously, you harvest generosity. And so the question is, what sort of person do you want to be? What sort of people do you want your kids to be? What sort of people does God want us to be? 
The Bible says that God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in good work. I think God wants generous, boundless givers. And finally, it isn't out of duty or reluctance, but God loves a cheerful giver. Yes, the Bible actually says that. God loves a cheerful giver. The fact is that giving and sharing is fun. There is joy in giving and helping others in furthering God's work. So it's all gift. We're called to uh, generously, cheerfully, and thoughtfully share what we have with others as a way to bless them, as a way to honor God, as a way to becoming more like Jesus. But going back to our original question, what do we do with all these requests for donations during the holidays? Are we supposed to give to all of them? None of them? Well, our Christian tradition outlines five types of giving. I want to talk about each one of these and how they might apply to your questions today. The five types of giving are the tithe, the offering, almsgiving, wealth management, and debt reduction. One at a time. First, tithing. Tithing is the practice of a regular proportional pattern of giving, usually to your church or religious organization. It's something that you determine ahead of time. It's a percentage of your income or wealth. A literal tithe is 10%, but your tithe is between you and God. Some of us tithe a higher percentage, Others of us tithe a lower percentage. Tithe is regular, it's proportional, and it's your first fruits. That is, it's the first check that you write. Tithing teaches us to release our hold on material things. It's designed to help us, teach us how to unclench the fist, to open our hands and our hearts to both share and receive the blessings of God. Many of you give your tithes to Faith Lutheran Church, and once again, I get to say thank you for your generous financial support for the ministry's mission and staff of faith. Uh, In this year of pandemic, your giving has once again exceeded our expenses. We're in the black for the year. Well done. If you're tithing now, I hope that you're experiencing the rich blessings of an open hand and an open heart. And if you don't currently practice the tithe, I urge you to prayerfully consider doing so in 2021. Pick a percentage, write the check first, write it regularly, and see what happens. The second kind of giving are offerings. Offerings are gifts over and above the regular tithe. They're given either to or through the church or to charities or other organizations. Most of those appeal letters that you get in the mail fall into this category. And this is where the Bible's advice is so timely. Be generous, be cheerful. And be thoughtful. Have a giving budget just like you have a food budget or a mortgage budget. Do research. Make sure that you support organizations and causes that align with your values. And then you can say no to other causes and organizations. It's okay. If you're not sure what causes are the best ones, there are a few that Faith Lutheran supports with, with our giving and with our time. Uh, some of them are local, like Community Lifeline and Living Stones. Some of them are global, like Corner of Love Ministries in Nicaragua and Lutheran World Relief. Some of them we have personal connections to. Some of them are part of our larger church. Um, Just remember, whatever you give, do so thoughtfully, generously, and cheerfully. It's fun to give money away. It's rewarding to make a difference in the community. 
Unclench that fist. Open your hands and your heart to give and to receive more blessings from God. The third kind of giving is almsgiving. Alms. This is what you give on the spot, out of your pocket, in response to an immediate need or request. This week, an industrial, uh, an industrious ten-year-old, uh, she ran, rang the doorbell. She offered to walk our dog for five dollars. To me, saying yes to that girl, paying her five dollars for a fifteen-minute walk, that's almsgiving. Part of your giving budget ought to have some margin, discretionary funds, so that you can give to the Salvation Army, to the Girl Scouts selling cookies, to the man on the corner, or to the woman parked in your parking lot. Be a generous almsgiver, especially these days. Be ready and eager to demonstrate God's love through small acts of charity and care. Tip well, at least 20% these days. Faith sets aside some of your tithes and offerings, and I use those as a pastor's discretionary fund. And that fund lets me give away gas cards, overnight stays at the city center motel, meals at Subway. Almsgiving is this. Each person you lock eyes with is the Christ child, worthy to receive gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Fourth kind of giving is planned giving, estate planning. Talk to your wealth management advisors regarding ways to give to charities that have tax advantages. Even simply having a will allows you to designate some of your estate. It saves your family lots of time and money, and it means that the government doesn't have to assume the responsibility of managing your assets after you die. Get a will and manage your wealth, people. Most of us grew up thinking that we were poor, and many of us were. But the reality is that many of us in this congregation today are much wealthier than we let on and wealthier than we think we are. As faithful Christian stewards, I urge you to leverage your wealth for meaningful giving to your church, your community, and your causes. And the fifth kind of giving is, uh, is actually debt elimination. Think about it. If you have a mortgage, you're paying interest on principal. In other words, you are tithing to your bank. If you have a balance on your credit card, you're tithing to Visa or MasterCard. If you have a car payment, you're tithing to GMAC. The Bible says what we all know is true, that the borrower is a slave to the lender. And so this Christmas, I just want to urge you, remind you, don't overspend on gifts. And if you do buy gifts, try to spend locally. Second, I'd encourage everyone listening to look into something like Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University or some other faith-based program for becoming a debt-free household. And third, y'all know how much I want to become a debt-free congregation by the end of 2021. Debt's done in 21, right? Our mortgage balance is down to about 150000 I want us to be good stewards, Faith. Let's pay our own way. Let's not saddle the next generation of faith with our old debts. Amen? Tithing, offerings, almsgiving, planned giving debt elimination. It's the season of giving, folks, and it's all a gift. Be generous, thoughtful, and cheerful as you bless others and honor God through your faithful tithes, offerings, almsgiving, estate planning, and debt management. Merry Christmas, everybody. I hope these concepts and practices help you make faithful and joyful decisions during this season of giving and for years to come.
Thanks for listening to this week's We'll Preach for Food podcast. I'd love to hear back from you. You can contact me or get more information about faith at our website, faithshelton.org. I hope you'll subscribe to this podcast or like us on Facebook or subscribe to our YouTube channel. And as always, I thank Chaz and Emily for their technical assistance on this podcast. I'll send you off today as a prayer and blessing uh, with a verse from a hymn for Advent. Rejoice, rejoice, take heart in the night, though dark the winter and cheerless. The rising sun shall crown you with light. Be strong and loving and fearless. Love be our song and love our prayer and love our endless story. May God fill every day we share and bring us at last into glory. God bless you. Have a good day. Thank you.